Lamb, Joshua, as a focal point, you know, for a life who lived a life of adventure. And I kind of want to challenge this inertia in ourselves because there's words in our dictionary that they are the antithesis of what I'm trying to talk out. So if you have passiveness, you know, and that's in you this year, and you think, oh, I just want to resist anything. I kind of want to come and punch that, you know, because I want to try and turn this around on. This is an opportunity year for you. This is a moment to step into the adventure that God has got for you. And some of you are thinking right now, I didn't come to church for that. I just come and sit quietly. But I do, I want to kind of push you onto the edge of what God has got. Joshua said this at the end of his life in Joshua chapter 24, verse 15. Choose for yourselves today who you will serve. But as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. There is two mountains, by the way, at this point. There's a sermon going on about they're reflecting on their journey thus far. And they're looking back into the wilderness, but they're looking forward into the promised land. And Mount Ebal and Mount Gerizim is the geographical feature. And actually, God does a really clever thing because they basically identify which mountain. And it's a choice mountain system. There's a town that goes through uh, the middle of that. And they're looking at these two mountains going, which mountain do you want to live on? You know, choose today whether you're going to follow following gods or whether you're going to follow God. As for me, I'm on this mountain. So all through today, I'm going to get you to make a choice. The Bible does this all the time, tells stories in the parables in the New Testament about there was two men. It's all about getting you to think, which one are you? Are you going to sit in 2017 or are you going to go on an adventure into 2018? And I want to give you that choice because it doesn't matter what I say, it's what you choose that makes a difference. It's your faith that changes the dynamic of it. This message will not change your life if you do not choose to make a difference when you walk out of this room. It will just be another message that you've heard. Who wants to just li- listen to another message? No one. We want to live, we want to get up, we want to get out, and we want to go for it. Now, who likes movies? Yeah, most movies have got very similar kind of um, stories, but who's ever seen the Red Button movie? Basically, the whole movie is, is, is walking towards don't push that big red button that's going to set off nuclear war. Have you seen that, that storyline? One of my favorite movies is called Salt. You know, and if you've ever watched it, I can watch this time and time again at any point, at any stage, finish it off, not finish it off. I know uh, the whole thing. And it's all about kind of this layered CIA drama blockage, Russian espionage uh, of trying to kind of get somebody to push that red button to start nuclear war. You know, and, and we make this story, except it's not entirely a story because we look at our superpowers in our world and some of you are afraid right now because you, you think that uh, Donald Trump has got the red button on his belt, haven't you? You think, oh, gee, if there's anyone to push a button, please let it not be him, you know, and that's what makes you slightly nervous because he's got weird hair. <laughs> and then we've got King Jong whoever in, in, in North Korea, you know, who's playing with washing machines and pretending that they're explosive devices and it's kind of freaking the world out, isn't it? You know, so the story, and we, we get that real, you know, please don't start nuclear war. But I want to talk about this red button because in the movies, it's about once that is pushed, there is no going back. And the whole tension of the movie is when you depress that button, there's no going back. I, I want to get to you this morning. I want to get you into the place of faith. And I want you to get to the, where you live for God. And I want you to push that button when you say, like, we just started no turning back. I want to be the missile. I want to be God's kind of emissary. I want to be God's missile on the earth and go shoot me forward because 2018, I just don't want to sit dormant. Who wants to sit dormant? I'm an activist if you're trying to analyze me, by the way, just in case you'll get that. It will crop up through the preach. 
And I want to use a story uh, which I think was a big red button moment in the Bible. It was a defining moment, particularly for Joshua. I did allude to it last week. So you can find it in Numbers chapter 13. This was his big red button. And it was also a big red button moment for Caleb and for 10 others. You know, you were just about to discover who their names were. They're not always well spoken about. So the Lord said to Moses, Numbers 13, Send out men to explore the land of Canaan, the land that I am giving to the Israelites. Send the leader from each of the twelve ancestral tribes. So Moses did as the Lord commanded him. He sent out twelve men, all tribal leaders of Israel, from their camp in the wilderness. And these were the tribes and the names of the leaders. So I'm just going to summarize for you. Shemua, Shaphat, Caleb, Ego, Hoshia, Pauti, Gaudi, Gadi, Amiel, Sefer, Nabi, and Geyur. Okay, so they've got families, yeah? That's the summary of that little bit of section. These are the names of the men. Moses sent out to explore the land, and Moses called Hoshea, son of Nun, by the name Joshua, we now know him as. And he gave the men these instructions as he sent them to explore the land. Go north through the Negev into the hill country. See what the land is like. Find out whether the people living there are strong or weak, few or many. See what kind of land they live in. Is it good or bad? Do their towns have walls or are they unprotected like open camps? Is the soil fertile or poor? Are there many trees? Do your best to bring back samples of the crops that you see. It happened to be the season for harvest first ripe grapes. So they went up. They explored the land from the wilderness of Zin as far as Rehob near Lebohab. And going north, they passed through. There's lots of names here, all right? So they just go on a journey, okay, just to help me not embarrass myself or I get Tim up to pronounce them properly uh, in that. And so when they came to the Valley of Eskol, they cut down a branch with a single cluster of grapes so large it took two of them to carry it on a pole between them. They brought back samples of pomegranates and figs. Have you noticed? Nobody ever tells you about the pomegranates and the figs. It's always the grapes that get a look in. That place was called the Valley of Eskol, which means cluster, because of the cluster of the grapes that the Israelite men cut there. After exploring the land for 40 days, the men returned. To Moses, Aaron, the whole community of Israel at Kadesh in the wilderness of Paran, they reported to the whole community that what they had seen and showed them the fruit that they had taken from the land. This was their report to Moses. Well, we entered the land that you sent us to explore, It is indeed a bountiful country. It's a land flowing with milk and honey. Here is the kind of fruit it produces. But the people living there are powerful. Their towns are large. They're fortified. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. The Amalekites live in the Negev and the Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites live in the hill country. The Canaanites live along the coast of the Mediterranean Sea and along the Jordan Valley. But... Caleb tried to quiet the people as they stood before Moses. Let's go at once to take the land, he said. We can certainly conquer it. But the other man who had explored the land with him disagreed. We can't go up against them. They are stronger than we are. So they spread a bad report about the land among the Israels. The land that we traveled along, we explored, will divide anyone who goes to live there. All the people we saw were huge. We even saw giants. They were like the descendants of Anak. Next to them, we were grasshoppers. And that's what they thought about us too. 
So the whole community began weeping and they cried all night. Some of you thought I was stopping there, didn't you? Story doesn't end there, so you can't stop right you know, before the story ends. Their voices rose in a great chorus of protest against Moses and Aaron. If only we had died in Egypt, or even here in the wilderness, they complained. Why is the Lord taking us to this country only for us to die in battle? Our wives, our little ones will be carried off as plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to return to Egypt? And then they plotted among themselves. Let's choose a new leader. Let's go back to Egypt. And Moses and Aaron fell down on the ground before the whole community of Israel. I, I, I want to go into that story, if I can, at the first section of what I want to say Because I want to say adventures always start with the Word of God. There is something about the prophetic Word of God when you read that and it becomes relevant to your life that actually God says, I want to do something new. Send out men to explore the land that I am giving you. Your feet will never take you where your eyes cannot see. There is something about the power of vision in our life that the adventure here in this story starts with God. I want to take you on a journey. I want to show you things. I'm going to put you in the land. I want you to see it. I want you to sample it. I want you to stand in it. I want you to get hold of what God is going to do because there's going to be a journey ahead. In order to get the land, you're going to have to do a little bit of fighting. You're going to have to do a little bit of walking. You're going to have to do a little bit of possessing the land. Unless you see it, I cannot take you on that journey. And so he sends 12 eyewitnesses of the vision. 12 eyewitnesses. He said, I want 12 vision carriers. I want 12 people who understand the word of God and where God is taking us. And I'm going to put them forward. Go and have a bring back the grapes. Go and tell us what it's like. Come and bring back a good report so God can take us into the land. The story doesn't go. If you notice in that first section, verse 17 to 21, explore the land. Go through the land. See what the land is. Find out. See, is it good or bad? I want This whole message is about your eyesight, your vision. What are you seeing? What are we seeing? Because there's two visions here in the story. Is one group of people who saw what God was about to do. And one group of people who just saw the problems and couldn't see what God was able to do. I don't know. In the seat that you sit in, which one are you? You know, there will be a dividing line as part of this message of what is your eyesight like. Vision is a compelling image of a preferred future that motivates us to move. Vision is a compelling image of a preferred future that motivates us to move. They were in the wilderness. What God wanted to show them was, it's not going to stay here. You know, I've taken you out of slavery. I've taken you out of oppression. And okay, you're in the wilderness, but I'm sending you into a land flowing with milk and honey. There is that compelling image of your preferred future. Can you see it, guys? Can you see that God is ahead of you? Can you see that God wants to take you there? And there's a choice. Compelling image, a preferred image, because God says, I'm about to get you on the move. I want to move you guys from where you are into something better. You know, God's got a plan for you this year. He wants to move you from where you are into something better. He wants to move your mindset into a better place. He wants to move your heart into a better place. He wants to move your vision, your relationship with God and with others into a better place. He's looking for people to go, actually, God, would you show me that first? 
Don't get distracted with the problems, but start to say, God, what is your plans for my life? Once you get the vision of where God wants to take you, things are going to shift. There's a game plan that God has got. So Numbers uh, 13, verse 25, after exploring the land for 40 days, they come back and we entered the land and they sent us to explore and Indeed, it's a beautiful country, and it's got land flowing with milk and honey, and, and it's just fantastic. But, all right, I had a youth pastor, by the way, who decided to write a great sermon message called The Great Butts of the Bible. So I, I kind of said, it's as long as you're preaching on one T, not two T's, we're going to get on okay, you know, but it, it, the irony wasn't lost on me. But I want to tell you what the power of a butt is. I'm going to be a butt right here in the middle of the church. Because a butt, by the way, is a 180 degrees. You see the butt here, by the way, because they're coming in and going, Whoa, look at it. This is amazing land. You know, where I can see that land. I've got the image. I've got the vision. But there's giants. There's challenges. Well, basically, in the English language, I'm going to be really kind of deep here. But means 180 degree turnaround. Because if there's something in you that's slightly negative, if there's something in you that kind of fights with the purposes of God, you've got a huge butt. Who's got a bigger butt after Christmas and before Christmas? Come on. Let's, let's just get the awkwardness out of that. You're trying to make a, bigger, a smaller butt in 2018, aren't you? There, there are people who are joining us. I'd write this to be a little bit smaller and taller. You know, you're going into restaurants, you know, and there's a little gap and you think, right? This is the thing about big butts. You think you can squeeze through, don't you? In your head, you had a smaller butt than last year. And then you see that gap and suddenly you start kind of pushing people out there, spilling their drinks down them in the restaurant. Anybody have this problem? Or is it just me? Just me, yeah. So, okay, all the women say, it's just you, Aaron. Butts get in the way. I can see what you're about to do, but God says, I want you to come and spend my time in my presence. Yeah, yeah, great, God. I, I can do that, but you haven't seen, you know, I, I, I can't get up that early. How many times has God asked you to do something and you go, yes, but? Basically, but means no. I could do that, God. And then wait for it. Listen to your own self. But. I I want you to look at your buts because they're key. They really are key to this moment in life, in our church, in our attitude, in in our thinking. I, I love as you read it, but Caleb. See, Caleb's got a but too, but it's totally different. His but is, you are talking about all the obstacles. You're talking about all the problems, but I, I, I see God. But have you seen God? But have you seen how big he is? But have you heard his word? But have you know that he's poured us to this for this place, for this reason, for this season? But I am here. You know, and there's this moment, this middle ground of which side are you facing? And there's this real tension in the story of which but is going to win. I can't, when I read it, there's a chorus, it's this phrase, when I read, a chorus of protest arose. It's like this whole group of people started singing, but! <laughs> See, I, I know this about life, there's a dynamic of, but people with big butts of lack of faith, they like to sit next to other people who've got big butts that lack faith. Because if you sit next to a person who's got faith, you're not sitting long. Because you know what a person has faith, you know. Have you ever They're tapping. The leg's going, isn't it? Yeah. 
They're looking around, you know, you're sitting there and then, oh, they see somebody off there rushing around, you know, and you say, for goodness sake, just sit still, isn't it? You know, sit next to me. You're making me look bad. Somebody with faith goes, yeah, should we do it? Let's go, let's go. Let's move on this. You know, and you're like, oh, no, I just want to sit and settle. There's something about Caleb's spirit, by the way. I love his story about Caleb because at 80 years old, he's going, but give me this mountain. I'm right there. He's not part of the cause of protest. He says they went round the camp, they sharing a bad report. See, because if you've got a but against God, you will look for allies. You will look for people who share your lack of faith. Because you want to build somebody who goes, no, it's all right to have that. And you know what? If there's enough of us in this church who do that, we just stay on a level. We just stay where we are, isn't it? You know, I know Aaron's kind of enthusiastic. He's paid to be, isn't he? You know, that's why we put our money in so he can do all the energy so we don't have to. Okay, that's not the Bible, by the way, just in case you're wondering that. You know, this whole thing is I'm the spiritual cheerleader. Come on, come on, guys. Let's just get going. Let's all rise. Let's all go into our communities. Let's all live out for God in our family. Let's all see what God is about to do because God wants to move us. So they spread a bad report. I, I kind of get this. The decision you make today about not moving for God, you will talk to others about. When a good idea comes up to change the world, to transform the world. and Because well, I, I know vision, you see, is passionate. Vision has a sparkle in the eyes. Vision has action to it. Vision carries faith. I, I know people who carry that. Aaron, it'd be great. I'd be well up for this. I really would. But you, you don't know my family. Do you know what the answer is? you know what Caleb would say? Well, I, I understand that. But have you met my God? Have you bumped into him recently? You know, that he's a God who can break through. You know, going into the land was not an easy journey, by the way. They had to go on a war campaign to claim the land, you know. And they had to fight for what they believed in. Let me tell you, if you can't see the vision, you will not fight for it. Why this is a call to stand and a call to action. Action without vision is only passing the time. Vision without action is merely daydreaming. But vision with action can change the world. Nelson Mandela said that. He's a man who we see now as his story is uncapped, but he was imprisoned for how long? I wonder how many butts he had in prison. I can't do anything because I'm locked up here. I love the fact that he broke out of prison. I love the fact that Paul and Silas sat in the prison. They're arrested for causing trouble out there. They could have sat there and gone, well, it's all over, isn't it? You don't understand, God. If we were out there, we could be the men of God that you want us to be. And God says, I don't want you to be out there being the men of God that you think you should be. I want you to be right in here in that prison cell being the men of God who I've called you to be. What's your choice? You can let these walls restrict you, or you can see that I am bigger than these walls. Wow, you are Silas, come on. I've got a song. I know a song. No, it's not that song. God is greater. Oh, God is greater. You know, and suddenly, suddenly there's an earthquake comes, shatters the prison. How many of you are thinking need to break out of those prison shackles? You know them. I don't, let me get it right. This is not a book, by the way. This is just a reality. Some of us are wrestling the flesh in our life. Your flesh, every single moment goes, no, God, I know better. I can do this. This is going to take effort, right? That's your flesh. I have that. You have that. You know, whenever someone says, let's go and pray, your flesh is going, eh, eh. Anybody know Fat Amy out of the movies? You know that? 
Especially when she thinks about something and doesn't want to say the truth. You know, Christians are full of people who go, ah, so the pastor goes, let's go and go to the prayer meeting. And you go, ah. Corey's is on. You know, I mean, I've been out of work all day. Yeah. You know, and, and we, we have this, but, but, but you know, this spirit goes, come on, let's get, let's get into the presence of God. What is our vision? What are we about? I love the end of the story, by the way, because um, you can read how it goes. I don't want to kind of spoil it. You probably, if you read the Bible, you should know. But, you know, go and, if you don't, go and read it, find out. It, it's good. It's awkward, by the way. That story is really awkward, uh, which is why I, I like it. But I love Moses and Aaron because in response to all the crescendo and this chorus of protest, they just kneel before God. Right, and they pray. Glory of the Lord comes down. I love this about God, right? God comes in and goes, do you want me to rip them up? <laughs> it's fantastic. I would love you to see a prayer meeting like that. If I, if, you kinda, if I feel that you're not moving and I'm in the presence of God praying for you guys, and then God says, Aaron, leave it with me. Uh, do you want me to sort them all out? <laughs> I, I'm going to be a confession as a leader. This doesn't make me look good, but I would probably say yes, yes. <laughs> I, I, I would love that. You know, James and John, do you know when they set fire down from heaven, God? You know, have you ever felt that about other people? Come on. Just being honest. I don't do that all the time, by the way. I don't live in that moment. But, you know, you, you can see that. But do you know what Moses says? No. No, God. Your vision for us is to take us in this land. Yes or no? God, it is. So why would you destroy them? Well, I'll destroy them and start again with you, Moses. What an offer. But your plan was for these guys. He's an intercessory leader. And God, the one thing he's bound by is his word. I love that about God. He still kind of barters and talks in that way, which is really confusing to us to understand, but they together they go into the promised land. Vision is the art of seeing what is invisible to others. There are times in life when God will show you things that other people just do not understand. That's why we need images. To compute, to pass them on. I want to give you an image, if I can, that will help you understand the vision of this church. Last year, there was a lady who came in, and her name was Pip. And uh, some of you will know Pip, some of you will not. Pip was a friend of a chap who came to this church regularly. His name was Leighton. And Leighton's got a good friendship, and he's got a heart to reach out his friends to bring them to Jesus that they might find God. So he invites Pip to church. He, he invites her to church because during the, in the friendship, she tells him she's been diagnosed with stage 4 breast cancer. And because they're friends, he's looking at her life and going, gee, you have got a physical need, you've got an emotional need, you've got a relational need, you have a spiritual need. And he works out that the only person who can meet that need is God. So what does Leighton do? I know where God loves to be. Can I take you there? And he brings her here to this room. First time she comes in, I, re- I remember, right? I'm just going to say you guys because I can just take away all responsibility for myself here. She said to me, oh, it's not what I expected. She was expecting it to be a dull, traditional, lifeless environment that was cold. She comes in, she looks at you guys, and you've got smiles on your faces. She looks at you and she's watching because you are loving God and you've somehow got to this place and singing a song and, and you're just lost in this song of love to Jesus. And she said, wow, 
People have got something that's real here. And in the conversation, she meets some of you. She goes out for coffee with some of you. She shares a story of where she's at. And I remember just in the services leading up to Christmas when we shared how great Jesus was. She is sat here and there is tears running down her face. And she is listening to the story of God and she's receiving that message that Jesus loves her. In all of that. I loved it. I think it was great. I used to joke and she said, it's the reason I stay is because the energy in life here finds God in the energy in the life. Christmas comes, and we kind of go for Christmas, and everybody goes to their own family, and we come back into the new year, and two Sundays pass, the first two Sundays, and I say to the team, I haven't seen Pippin, is she okay? Can we just check out and put the kind of pastoral team out just to find out where she was? I get the phone call on Friday morning, a week last Friday morning, to say she passed into eternity at half seven this morning. I'm caught in two places, and I I still even am as I tell it. Number one is is the sorrow, the sadness of what cancer does, and that we didn't get the opportunity to get to know her better, to help her understand more about the love of Jesus. But I'm excited because she came here, she found the love of Jesus, and she entered into glory. Do you know what a compelling image of a preferred future that motivates us to action is Pippa? It's not about a clever thing I can put on the screen and go, oh, that's really motivating. Actually, it's about the people sat next to you. Because here's the truth. Some of you are going, I didn't know that was her story. didn't know that story because you may not have had a coffee with her. You may not have sat with her. You may not ask questions. Because we all have stories, by the way. Every one of us have a story in this life. And the love of Jesus gels us together to walk through, to reveal his glory in our story. The vision of this church is to find God and follow Jesus. I, I walk into this room on a Sunday, and when I work in the office and wherever I go, in the context of what I'm called to do, my vision is I want to help people find God and follow Jesus. Finding God is all about, I believe God is so amazing, so incredible, so life-changing. He's bigger than I can ever imagine. He loves me more than I can ever receive, really. He understands everything about me. You know, when I I sit and just wonder that, I'm like, God, you are amazing. And that's why I sing. That's why, I don't even know the words, by the way. I'm I'm rubbish at knowing words. Rachel looks at me and goes, what are you doing? You know, and I'm just loving God. So if you're not a great singer, you're not great, and you can't see the words, just love God. You know, this is an environment. We just want to love God. And I love finding him. I love in the room Go, where are you, God? Where are you hanging around? And, and that's the whole thing. But I want people to know you. But you know what? It, it, I find that's really generic and wide in our society. And a lot of people go, yeah, yeah, I, I know God. I kind of think you don't, but I, I get what you're saying to me. Because there was a book coming, by the way, when, when we find God in his wonder is, but will you follow Jesus? So there's the but, by the way, because we have to give our life to say, I'm going to lay my life down to follow the teachings of Jesus. And when you look, Jesus is the image of the unseen God. If you are struggling to know what God is like, look at Jesus. It kind of wrecks your brain around because you kind of rather have this God on the cloud with a long beard. You know, most of us have that image of God. That's got nothing to do with God. But when you see Jesus, you think, wow. 
So when we come to that place where, where Tim comes in and he says, Aaron, can we just refresh some stuff in the church? And, and he's looking at the website, he's looking at our logo, he's looking at our values. And he said, Look, I'm, I'm new here. He said, can you sit down? And he said, can you just let me know what is the vision? So we, we had this conversation. And um, being me, I had a slightly longer version of this. You know? and, it, and, and being Tim, he goes, nah, nah, mate, it's too long. Can we just make it simpler? Because that's what it needs to be, right? Yeah? <laughs> Sorry, Tim. <laughs> just so rude to that accent. Tim's from London, just in case you're thinking he's from Birmingham, just because of my accent. Uh, but anyway, and, and so we, and he said, can I, can I get a team and we'll look at redoing the logo and the website? And, and you know, but the, the thing that he knows, the thing is, what is the vision? Where are we going? Because whatever we put in place needs to reflect that. So I want to unveil our new logo tonight, this morning, if that's all right. So can, um, is the logo ready to go before it goes up? Right? I want you to do a nice drum roll. <coughs> hours and hours and hours and hours and hours and hours of stuff has gone in there. And this is the new logo. Slightly squashed on the orientation. Oh, no, that's all right. It's on my screen there, it's a different aspect. I was slightly worried. Panic there. Anyway. So I'm mostly going, oh. <laughs> It's an arrow in a circle, okay? One thing I wanted to, wanted to simplify, but I want, I want you to know this because when we're looking at moving into the promise and we're moving to the direction, we are a church on the move. We are very intentional. We are very directional. You know, Jesus actually said to his disciples, I am sending you on a mission, on a mandate, and we are journeying. There is action behind this. And I want you to look at that button, that badge, that logo, and I want you to look and say, I am part of the sent of Christ, okay? There is a belief in churches when it's just the minister who's sent. That is not true. I want to send you into your communities, into your world, to go with the message of Jesus Christ. So that, as I've said, we are about finding God and following Jesus. I want you to go this week and go, and the land is, I, I'm going to stick extend the land, I'm going to possess the land, and I'm just going to take God, because you know what, the people on my street need God, they need this life, they need this energy, they need this hope, they need this love, and I want you to take that huge thing, I'm going to, I'm going to drop it right there, but ultimately, if you want to find God and get the life change, you've got to follow Jesus, because we are followers of Jesus, our goal is walking forward in that two minutes. We did a negotiation before I started of when I should finish. And Rachel started early so she knew I wouldn't go on and things like that. Our new website, if I can just show, it's now up. It's now online. Oh, it will grow, don't worry. Is that right? So if you go on then, got a nice little website on there. There we go. So if you're new, you get a coffee. Like that, Martin has been practicing. <laughs> he did, he gave me a lovely... He, you know what I did the other day, right? On, on uh, what was it, Thursday night, um, he did this whole dove of the Holy Spirit. He was fantastic. The, the image that he did there, I was brilliant, Martin. That was good. So, uh, so if you're new and you can fill in there, there's maps on there, there's pictures of a healthy salad. Uh, on there for our newcomers lunch if you want to do that as well um, media go onto the media page just because i like the graphic <coughs> so we could get this up um, our podcasts are on there um, if you go for on it's the same website details and you want to have a look when you get home have a look um, part of this now is a lot more modern 
It's a lot more cutting edge, and it's in a sense of your friends and family. You've got this excuse to say, check out our new website, what do you think, okay? Because it, we're all about engagement with our friends and family. It's got information as we had before. We've, we've minimized it down. We've simplified it, so there's not so many pages on it. It's, it is what it says. All our events are going on. So the booklet's going to be had for newcomers, uh, and so if we just flick through the pages of the booklet... Our vision is on there, our values, you know, food, that's a non-healthy picture of the food version if you're new. Uh, We are planning newcomers lunches, so you're part of that. Flip over again, connect groups, our departments, and uh, the logo changes color for different teams, by the way. So there's different ownerships of those badges. And uh, Riverside Gold gets the gold badge, isn't it, you know? And uh, just in case you were thinking that Angela's the only person over 50 in the church, that's not true. I know we all look young and we carry that, isn't it, you know? But I didn't, I was a little bit of an unfair kind of innuendo uh, of that. So Crafting for Crisis, all of our XMF teams and prayer. And so that's a book that's going to be a giveaway. And also, I think there's some more posters going up. Is that right? They'll be popped around the building in cards and prayer cards and connect cards. And so, uh, Levy, are you in, by the way? So, Levy in particular, Levy and Beth, um, you know, have kind of worked hours and hours. Tim's a real taskmaster. You know, you, you don't know what he does there, but he sits there with a big stick. Just going, need to get it done, guys, need to get it done. And, no, I'm joking. Um, stand up, Levy, because just, just show people. Stand up. He hates this. Let's just give Levy a round of applause. He has done a fantastic job. When we asked for a, an intern or to come all the way from Brazil, we said we'd like a Brazilian. We did say we say we'd like a male. We said we'd like a good musician, and we'd like him good on media, you know. And uh, he did this Bible study on Monday night with the young adults. He's exceptional of what he's got inside of him, you know. But the work that he does. So we're really proud of you. We really are. We're glad you came, and we're trying desperately trying to keep you longer than just a year. But you know that is all God. And so I just want to finish with this scripture because it, it's a really good. Numbers 14, verse 24. I want to finish with a but. It says, But because my servant Caleb has a different spirit and follows me wholeheartedly, I will bring him into the land he went to and his descendants will inherit it. But because he has a different spirit, all the other spies, they died in the wilderness. Caleb and Joshua entered the promised land. Don't die in the wilderness in 2018. Don't die wondering. Don't stay in the same place, but have a different spirit. Have a different culture. Not just passing on a bad report. Pass on a great report. Share the website. Share the vision. You know what? If we do this together, we are going to see significant growth and breakthrough in this year. Shall we, shall we pray for that? Shall we finish and pray for that as our last act? Is that all right? Okay, band jump up. <coughs> Don't stand up. Nobody stands first, isn't it? You know, don't worry. If you stand first and nobody stands, we'll just chuckle. That's the type of environment it is. You'll be right. Close your eyes. Just say, just to make a decision today. Come on. Just say, I'm going to be a person with a different spirit in this place. 2018, bring it on, God. I'm pushing that red button of faith now to be launched into you. Bless this church. Bless this house. And God, we pray for breakthrough, for new salvations of people coming in for the first time to say yes to Jesus. We thank you for Pippa. We thank you for her life. We pray for her family, Lord, that there would be a blessing that would pour out on her family of new life. And God, we're just going to get ready to receive all the new salvations that are coming. In Jesus' name. Amen.